Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work, tasks are taking forever to complete, and getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers, 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. This week, Alyssa Mastermonico and I frame a whole discussion on white suburban women voters in terms of Bachelor in Paradise. It's a wild ride. Then writer Jill Gutowitz joins in studio with Tian Tran and Kieran Deal to discuss what it means to have idols. Then, as always, the hills will die on. Before we get started, a little bit of housekeeping. If you want to submit a hill you'll die on, record a 30-second voice memo on your phone and send it to hysteria at crooked.com. If you want to submit a question for Dude You Ask, please send it to us at hysteria at crooked.com. That is an email form. You don't need to make a video or voice memo of that. You can also submit questions via Twitter or Instagram or any of the other socials that we're on. And don't forget to check out the segment on IGTV on Crooked Media's Instagram. That is uh, Crooked Media on Instagram. We also restock the Hysteria Muscle Tea along with some of your other favorite Crooked items. You can go to store.crooked.com to take a look and get some merch. I want to give a shout out this week to a special group of listeners. This week, I want to give a shout out to everybody who listens who is from Denmark or has Danish roots. Um, Congratulations on not agreeing to sell Greenland and congratulations on not having President Trump visit your beautiful country. Now let's get to the show. Hello. Hello. Hey, Alyssa. Hi, Erin. Okay, so Alyssa, I think you've known me for long enough to know that I get lunatic theories about things like um, Sex in the City taking place in the Black Lodge, Kevin and Home Alone being dead, etc. I love that about you. Thank you. Um, well, I sometimes have uh, lunatic theories that seem to have a little bit more social repercussions. So do you want to hear my latest one? Please hit me. Okay. So I was watching Bachelor in Paradise last night. As we all do. As we all do. Let's be honest with ourselves. I was watching Bachelor in Paradise, which is my favorite and only reality TV indulgence. And as as I was watching it, um, there is a woman on the show this season who is bi, and she has a girlfriend, and she has also been seeing a guy in the Bachelor in Paradise world. Mm -hmm. And as I was watching last night, um, I was thinking about earlier seasons of The Bachelor and and shows within that franchise and how much more conservative it used to be and how the show has sort of always been a little bit of a barometer of the tastes and tolerances of like middle American white female sexuality. And the show has now kind of moved in a direction that 
maybe spells some trouble for the Republican Party. (laughs) Do you mean that paradise has become a bit woke? I think paradise has become a bit woke. And I think that it's wokeness is a reflection of the fact that a lot of people who are just suburban women, regular, normal, run of the mill, basic American women are open to the idea of a bunch of things that even 15 years ago they were not open to. Well, because you know what I think is interesting? It's sort of like, remember a gazillion years ago in the 80s when a reporter, someone was asking Michael Jordan, you know, about endorsing a Democratic, uh, a Democrat for president. And he said his response, allegedly, this actually, you can't find documentation anywhere, was that he said Republicans buy Nikes too, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that where we're going, using the Bachelor in Paradise franchise as our North Star is that like suburban women, guess what? They have kids that are trans. Mm -hmm. Like they have kids that go to school and they don't want them to be shot. Like they, real life is just creeping in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that heartless social attitudes that are shouted the loudest by Trump's close advisors and Trump himself, like being intolerant of people who are LGBTQ, being completely inhumane toward immigrant children. I think that heartless social attitudes that get the MAGA hat crew riled up kind of alienate the type of women who maybe are like watching The Bachelor and but would have normally voted Republican because I think we're I think we can't go back. Right. Like before, I mean, look, none of this stuff is new, right? But at least it was a little bit more under the radar. And most of the suburban women were like, I voted for Donald Trump because I believed in his tax policy and I'm pro-life. But like those two things are not what he's doing on Twitter every day. Like the vitriol, the hate, like inciting thing, like just inciting just terribleness. Mm -hmm. And I think they're like, "Mm, hard pass. Like, Mm -hmm. this isn't what I signed up for. Right. I mean, we've been seeing headlines since 2015 about how Donald Trump was turning women off. So on one hand, it seems a little bit like, yeah, we've been hearing a lot of about women being turned off, but we haven't really seen proof. But I actually think that I have another kind of lunatic theory. I think that um, there's a few things here. First of all, Donald Trump did win white women by 10 points, but that's less than any modern Republican candidate won white women by. So he did win white women, but by less. Also, right. also, I think that part of the reason that Trump won in 2016 was obviously vote, voter suppression, um, but it was a historically low turnout election. And I think part of that low turnout can be attributed to the fact that after the Access Hollywood tape came out, nobody could fathom a world in which Donald Trump would win. Everybody just totally tr- everybody trusted that everyone else would show up and vote. And we didn't. So I think the man had a tape where he said, you can grab him by the pussy. You can kiss him and do whatever you want. People were like, "Okay, I'm not going to take a day off to vote. Like, we're good here. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I think now that we're seeing I mean, we're seeing a new round of headlines about suburban women being turned off by Trump, being turned off by his rhetoric, being turned off by his rhetoric on immigration. The latest one was this week where it showed that uh, there was there's an article about how um, suburban women overwhelmingly support gun control measures. Right. And, uh, you know, the Republican Party isn't really doing anything except paying lip service to that. Um, But I think that at this point, it's like, you know, before people actually have Trump in office now, so they see what could actually happen. And I and I think in 2018, we had an some indication that the Republican Party is definitely in trouble. They are in trouble. I mean, especially in places like I mean, of all places, Texas. 
mm-hmm. right? I mean, they are, the again, like you were saying, the, the spread of women used to be like 22 points. I mean, he only won Texas by nine points. Mm-hmm. And Beto got within three points of throwing Ted Cruz out of office. Right. And I think that part of it too is that if you are, um, you know, anyone, I guess, but say you're a white suburban lady and you look like there's one, there is, there is the Donald Trump mania, the way that he talks, his vitriol, his hate. But the problem is, is that there's like Donald Trump at the top and then there's his rabid base at the bottom. Right. Mm -hmm. But the two of them are playing like Pac-Man to everybody in the middle and eating them up. So it's like, you can't have someone, there are no Republicans. Literally, I can't think of any except all the ones that decided to retire. Very brave, by the way. So brave. (laughs) Brave. Who say, you know what? I'm a Republican. This is what I stand for. And I don't stand with Donald Trump. Almost nobody is doing that. So that's why I think so many of these women feel like there's no place for them in the party right now. And I think that we both know it's like a right now thing, not a forever thing. Mm-hmm. Although the spread, there, there's, there seems to be a trend. Um, in 1994, 42% of women were Republican and 48% of women identified as Democrats. So, you know, just a short, a small distance between those two groups. But in 2017, only 37% of women identified as Republican and 56% identified as Democrats. And that's a pretty decisive move in one direction. Um, so I, I think that that's something to keep in mind, too. It could be a just now thing that Republican women are like, Ugh, I don't like this guy. And then as soon as we have a, a Mike Pence who does exactly the same things as Trump does, but he does it while doing an impression of Ronald Reagan constipated, I guess. Um, I, I think I wonder if they'll go back at that point or if the lid has finally been pulled off where it's like, look, this has for all intents and purposes been what the Republican Party has done, but quietly for a while. And this is, you know, just because we have a nicer person at the helm now doesn't mean that the things that they're doing are different. Do you think that white women, suburban white women, and we say suburban white women because suburban women, there's plenty of people of color who live in the suburbs. Um, Suburban white women, do you think that they will want, they'll, they'll use that as plausible deniability to go back to the Republican Party? I probably, though I want to give them a little bit more, a little bit more credit here. I think that'll take more than a Mike Pence. Like, I feel like anyone associated with Donald Trump is fully tainted, right? Mm -hmm. Actually, I guess everyone's sort of tainted by him now, but I think someone who's a more like, you know, like Mitt Romney vibes, I mean, he's tainted too, but someone who's a little bit more like statesman-y right. and hasn't been utterly complicit right. in putting kids in cages. Right. Somebody that you would let your grandma waltz with without being afraid it, that your grandma's going to get groped. That is exactly correct. <laughs> I mean, I think I think it's interesting. And, and at this point, it's all just speculation. I mean, there, there are some surveys and there's polls and then there's kind of an anecdata out of people talking to, I don't know, we, we stopped Julie at the Iowa State Fair and she was eating a corn dog and was like, well, I don't know. I don't like what he says about me. Right. It's like, we don't really know until actual election day. And I think that 2016's biggest lesson was that no matter what the press is telling you, you have to vote. Oh my God, you, you have, have to, to vote. vote. 
You have you to vote. Have to vote. And you have to Even help other people vote. Long. Even if the line Even is long. Even if the line is long. I mean, the, the another encouraging thing, though, is that I think that women especially learned the lessons of 2016 and 2018. A lot of the organizing, a lot of the canvassing, a lot of the calling. I mean, men did a lot of it, too. But m- many of those efforts were driven by women who were like, oh, fuck no. No more of this. So Exactly. I, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping that white suburban women, even though it is kind of I'm, I don't think that it necessarily is a great reflection on someone that they're just now waking up and being like, hey, wait a minute. But you know what? Wake up whenever you wake up. You're welcome to come sit with me at breakfast. Exactly. Eggs for everybody and maybe even a little bacon. Frittata. I would do a frittata. We've got a bell pepper in the fridge. I would make you a frittata. Oh, um, no. oh thanks. Do you want to do toast and roast this week? Do you got a toast yeah. or a roast? Okay. I've got a, I've got a roast. Okay. I made a sharp left this week. Yeah. Okay. Who is it? So this goes to our, this goes to our, the beginning of this conversation where we were talking about how certain television shows are aimed at maybe, maybe sort of like, you know, progressing and becoming a bit more woke. Unfortunately, you know who didn't become more woke? Dancing with the Stars. Uh-oh. And here is why I am so bummed about this. They had a great lineup or they do have a great lineup. They have James Vanderbeek. They have Hannah Brown from The Bachelorette. Okay. They have Christy Brinkley. And there's Karama Brown from Queer Eye. And then they just larded up Sean Spicer up into that piece. And like, why? He is a hateful, lying like complicit Trump enabler who did nothing but lie to America for the two years he was press secretary. And I was just really bummed by that. I just, I don't believe he deserved the chance to dance on the same stage as Christy Brinkley. Right. He also doesn't deserve to dance on the same stage as our secretary of energy. Who was also- <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I always forgot about that guy. Oh gosh. Alyssa, for a good time, Go ahead and Google gifts of cabinet. Yeah, gifts of him on Dancing with the Stars because it is really something. But don't don't remind yourself that he's the Secretary of Energy because that that sucks. That's a bummer. Yeah, that's so a, that's my roast. I was like feeling toasty this week, but like it just made me so mad. Yeah, I mean, again, like to to invoke Michael Jordan, everybody buys Nikes. Republicans buy Nikes. You know, the I think that it's interesting to have Sean Spicer on. Whether or not that's good or bad, I think people are going to tune in at least to watch him it's humiliate true. himself. I mean, if anybody screams, can't dance. It's Sean we Spicer. What if he's got magic feet? I don't know. I don't know. But do you remember when Bristol Palin was on and they made her oh, dress up in a gorilla suit? No, I oh. didn't remember the gorilla suit, but I did remember she was on. They did. I think they low-key kind of reel in the conservative um, like figureheads. I think they reel them in being like, yeah, attention for you. And then uh, later on in the show, when they're comfortable, they, they pull out the gorilla suit and they're like, put this so on, they- Bristol. <laughs> So then here's what I say to Dancing to the Stars. You have a chance for me to toast you by the end of the season. Prove me wrong. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Um, I have a toast that comes from a roasty type situation. Um, So this week, uh, the gag rule by the Trump administration went into effect. Uh, The gag rule would require any... A family planning or healthcare provider that receives Title X funding from the federal government to refrain from even mentioning the fact that abortion exists. Uh, I guess abortion is like Beetlejuice. If you say it three times, 
abortion. Um, <laughs> I don't know. So the gag rule is in effect this week, and Planned Parenthood has refused Title X funding because they say that they refuse to compromise on the health care of their clients and their patients. And um, so as a result of that, they're now cut off from a big source of their funding. I would encourage our listeners who support reproductive choice, who support Planned Parenthood. If you're thinking about giving to Planned Parenthood, this would be a really good week to do it because they voluntarily are now refusing federal funding because they don't want to have to omit talking about abortion, which I think is pretty badass. Well, and also there are some municipalities that are going to try and help make up that delta in the funding, like the city of New York is trying to do. But just because I live in the city of New York where they're trying to make up that um, gap in funding, there are so many other places that aren't. So even if you live in some place that lives some place that might be okay, you should help out your sisters across the country and still give. Mm-hmm. Isn't New Hampshire doing that too? New Hampshire's trying to bridge. Yeah, the gap. I think so. New, speak about talking about some place that's suddenly woke. New Hampshire, jeez, you guys. Well, you job. know what? They're staring Corey Lewandowski in the face, and they're like, "Wrong turn." <laughs> exactly. Okay, Alyssa, thank you so much for calling. I look forward to our conversations every week, and I will talk to you next week. Bye bye. Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Tired of boring workout gear? Check out Viore. Viore's versatile and comfy products are designed to look great in and outside the gym, whether you're running, training, or even just lying on your couch, enjoying the fact that your two-year-old child is leaving you alone for five blessed minutes. I love that for Viore. You know what? That seems like a real perk of Viore. (laughs) It is. It's perfect. It's cut perfectly for lying down and just savoring a moment to be left alone. It's great. (laughs) Five stars. No comment. 100% great. That's the type. That's my favorite sport. The new, the women's performance jogger is the softest jogger you'll ever own. Grab one of these new colors before they sell out and check out the women's daily legging, which features a high waist drawstring tie and upgraded no slip fit. All things that are absolutely essential in a legging. Essential. I love these leggings. They are, because you know, like not everybody's the same, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's like, I need a little bit more room around my booty. So I size up a little bit, but then it's usually too big in my waist. And so now I just, just pull that drawstring. Exactly. And I don't show I don't show any crack when I bend over. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. See, you have your baby and I have my butt crack. <laughs> <laughs> For guys, there's the men's core short, the most comfy lined athletic short out there, and the men's Sunday performance jogger. Oh my gosh, Alyssa, my brother, who I have given Viore performance gear to. Yes won an ultra marathon over the holidays. I saw that. That is so incredible. He ran 80 miles in the freezing cold. I don't think he was wearing his Viore core shorts because that would be dangerous. Dangerous. But, but he he loves wearing them to train, and uh, I'm so proud of him. I'm so pr- Viore played a role in his ultra marathon win. <laughs> Uh, plus, Viore is 100% offsetting their carbon footprint and reducing and offsetting 100% of their plastic footprint from 2019 onwards. Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they're offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to fiori.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. Hysteria is brought to you by ZocDoc. Do you love to treat yourself? Maybe I you do. buy fancy coffee? I know everybody does, yeah, right? Yeah, come on. It's called a dopamine infusion. We do what we can it. when we can. Exactly. Sometimes you just need a little 
special little treat to boost you to get through the day. If you treat yourself to the top options other places, why settle when finding a doctor? It's your health after all. Enter ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top-tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. So don't settle. Go for the best and find the right doctor for you. Erin, let me tell you, I'm so lucky ZocDoc heard that my dermatologist was not taking my insurance anymore. I found a new dermatologist in a half hour on ZocDoc. Takes my insurance not far away. Got an appointment right away. That's something that would take like a good half day of sweaty phone work. Yeah. In a pre-ZocDoc era. You're just prostrating yourself to the poor receptionists that answer the call. And you're like, no. You're calling. You're on hold. You're giving them information. They're asking you. They're they're framing their questions in ways that you don't quite understand because that's not how it's written on your insurance card. Totally. My group number? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, bin number? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. The typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. Go to ZocDoc.com slash hysteria and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash hysteria. ZocDoc.com slash hysteria. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work, tasks are taking forever to complete, and getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers, 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25. And welcome back. We're at the part of the show where we take a while to talk about something that's like sort of political, but not really that political. It's more personal. We call it personal political. It's a pretty obvious name. <laughs> uh, let me welcome the three women that we have joining me today in studio. First of all, she's an actor and a free thing enjoyer. It's Kieran Deal. Hello. Welcome I'm, back. I'm smelling my free thing right now. It smells very nice. Is it aromatherapy? <laughs> it's aromatherapy. That's literally what it is. It's called Deep Relax Rollerball. Yeah. Okay. Balls okay. deep in relaxation. <laughs> <laughs> you should write taglines. So classy. Balls deep in relaxation. Yeah. That would be an episode title if we wouldn't get kicked off iTunes. Um, <laughs> up next, we have comedian and actor Tian Tran. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello. How are you doing? I'm great. Uh, it was good to see you on Friday. I know. That was so fun. Uh, I had never been to the Greek before. So Pod Save America did a live show at the Greek on Friday. Wow. And my 
brother-in-law or my brother and my sister-in-law were both in town. And so I got to take them there and like ball out in the VIP area just because, you know, we, I, they, it would be kind of weird if they would not have like had all the (laughs) the hosts of their own shows allowed back like in that area. But it was really fun. It was cool. It felt, it was like my first moment where I was like, this is very LA. Wasn't this Saturday? It was. Yeah. Oh, Saturday. Yeah. Well, I lose track of weeks. Days. It doesn't matter. Either way, I was lying in my bed waiting to be summoned. <laughs> I was like, just want to, just want to, I want to be thought, sure I got the day right. But. I thought, I thought the Greek was going to be an indoor thing. So like oh, my expectations no. were very different. And so walking up into that beautiful open air amphitheater, I was like, this is, it best. looks like twilight. It's beautiful. It yeah, it's like the yeah. set of twilight. It does. It's, it's stunning. gorgeous. I prefer it to the Hollywood bowl. I'm going to just say it. The Hollywood bowl is too big and too old. Ooh, wow. wow. Like, Save that for the hills, I know. Aaron. What are you <laughs> doing at the top of the Save episode the Hollywood with, this, hills. with this? This is so relatable. Smack talking. To our listeners in, <laughs> in states that are landlocked, which of, of which there are many. Um, finally, I want to welcome to the first time to Hysteria. She is a columnist for Nylon Magazine, the only cool magazine. Oh, except for the other two magazines that she writes for, Glamour and Elle. <laughs> She's also the overlord of lesbian Twitter, Jill Gutowitz. Jill, thank you. Hi. You're all our first hail. overlord. Yes. All hail. All hail. Thank all you guys hail. so much for recognizing me uh, as the overlord of lesbian Twitter, which I wrote myself in my Twitter bio. <laughs> I, mean, I think you you wrote it with a level of confidence that I dare not question. Yeah, no, I, I think I just got to a point where I decided that this is this is me. Um, and I wanted people to know. Um, so, and then I was like, I think it was probably the first confident thing I've ever done, actually. Oh, it's the first thing. Oh, I hail. Hail. Just, an overlord. just keep looking at Tian and being like, now. Now. Oh, hell. That's great. You guys are really, you've got a vibe over here. <laughs> it was the things in the, it was the free things. Yeah, we had a bond. We had a bonding moment. The free things are great. Um, but you know what's even greater? People that we look up to. Good <laughs> transition. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, this week, we're going to talk about people we idolize, people we consider heroes, and who those people were. Um, Jill, in our email chain prepping for this, you had a few early examples of people that you looked up to. Who were they? Yeah. Um, one of the ones that I immediately thought of, which I thought was, you know, it's always like funny in hindsight, because there's some people that you look at like Sally Ride, like, you know, just an American hero, somebody who like whose legacy has never been stained at all. But really, like one of the first women that I ever truly or people that I ever truly admired was Amanda Bynes, <laughs> who, you know, like I grew up in the 90s. Tight, and I was tight, tight, tight. <laughs> I was so obsessed with her and like all of I was, you know, her shows like The Amanda Show and all that. But also her movies, like I saw She's the Man four times in the movie theater. It's still to date the most I've ever seen something in the Whoa. in the movies. What and did, it, yeah, what did you like about her? I think that she was she stood out at the time. I think she was like the funny girl. Um, you know, there was certainly like obviously like women in comedy at that time, but none that were kind of young and my age and somebody that I felt like I was like, oh, she's like me. She doesn't care about like boys. She cares about being goofy. Also, I am gay, but like, <laughs> um, yeah. And I think that she, I, I don't know. She felt I think she was like really like spunky and cool. And even like her fashion choices weren't like super 
um, like high femme or anything. Um, anytime I saw her on a red carpet, I just felt, I don't know, I just felt very like I identify with this as a personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought she was, I just thought she was so funny. Mm-hmm. She had a sort of young Jennifer Aniston vibe, I yeah. think. And did you ever see her early stand up? She did stand up when she Amanda was like, Bynes? when she was like 11. I know. I saw her audition for all that. It's like on YouTube or mm-hmm. in the like crazy deep re- recesses of the internet. Yeah. But like she, she's very funny mm-hmm. and very like animated. She has one I think where she like is trying to pop a pimple in her nose. She was <laughs> 10 or 11. Right. So like these are <laughs> like peak pressing, comedy. yeah, peak yeah. comedy, yeah. pressing issues of that time. Is that well, well, the one you're talking about? No, she actually has a set at I think the Laugh Factory oh, or something. No, I think oh that. my god, she gets up there and she and all of her jokes are like, so homework. <laughs> La- you ladies know what I'm talking about. And the crowd's like, ah. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like the it's like a very rare um, comedian on stage where the relationship with the audience isn't adversarial at first and then (laughs) the comedian needs to win the audience over but yeah it was really it was really cute um you know my first I remember the first person that I idolized there's two people and they were both men Mm. um Kirby Puckett which has a little bit of a complicated (laughs) legacy Minnesota twin center fielder I had to look him up yeah he was (laughs) uh he was a short a uh, short, not athletic looking guy who was one of the greatest center fielders to ever play for the Minnesota Twins. He uh, also had like this really cute little family and he was just great. He could Did, jump really I'm sorry, high. Were the, what were the first adjectives you used? Short <laughs> and not good looking guy? Not athletic looking. <laughs> not athletic looking. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is that I'm a like, polite way of saying? What's, he was like chubby. He was, oh, okay, a, he was like, it. if you look at him, he just he's built like a pile of circles. He, just, <laughs> he sort of like runs with his like circle legs and his circle arms. And you're like, and in your mind, you were like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. this guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was like, he was also left-handed, which I thought was really cool. Ooh. And he was also really good in pressure situations. I remember in 1991 in the World Series, game six, he had like this incredible catch that saved the game for the Twins. And then he also hit a home run in extra innings, which won the game for them. And I loved him so much. The other one I really liked was Steve Martin. <laughs> and I think that I might have been in love with him. Yeah. Um, which is something interesting about like idol stuff. Like, have you ever had an idol that you're like, do I idolize you or do I love you? Amanda Bynes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm always very clear. Okay. It's always a very clear line. But so yeah. who's a clearly delineated person that you looked up to? I really like Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Yes. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I think I, I think a lot of my personality might be based on her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a really good one. She, she, I, I think I like that she could like hang with the boys, you know, in Seinfeld. She was really, she was, she wasn't written like, at least when I was growing up, it's like, oh, this felt like a person. It felt like a robust, interesting person who was charming and funny and, and mean and so mean sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But also like just a very, very full personality. And one time I I would host these videos for Vice, uh, Vice Munchies. And the very, very first one I did uh, was, um, yeah, it's fine. You know, it's like the first one that you did. I hosted a video about whatever it was. But people are, you know, it's a very male dominated um, network. And there were people in the comments, like 30% of the people like hated it. But one of the comments was, um, she's like Julia Louis-Dreyfus, uh, only uh, annoying or, oh, <laughs> or like only, only, only boring or only annoying or something. And I remember my mother being like, well, Kiran, they did compare you to Julia. <laughs> You should take the good out of this. Yeah, did you, did you just screen grab just the part yeah, where it's I know, like, exactly. you're like 
Julia Louis yeah. Dreyfus, and then it's cut like, off, and then it's like big, and then you make it, you blow it up, you make it big with a poster of your face, and yeah. it's like from the internet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like one of those movie posters of a movie that is clearly bad, and all of the blurbs are like dot 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 good and underneath it's like from movie watch dot sex <laughs> yeah. yes Aaron I am that bad movie poster <laughs> <laughs> no people on the internet are yeah fucking yeah. assholes yeah. but it is cool that they were sort of like on the right track you yeah. were on the right track yeah they and I think that and a lot of those I've just noticed in a lot of they don't really like when women have personalities or opinions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and, or faces. Yeah. yeah. They're not. Big or fans. voices. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so really, you know. Yeah. How dare you have a personality? Well, like, they just really I think there's a certain part of the population that doesn't really like it. We're any when we're anything more than a wet hole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, too bad. Name of the yeah. episode. Wet. Wet. Anything more than a wet hole. <laughs> also, wet is generous. <laughs> generous. That's dry true. hole. Like yeah. Dry Dry hole. hole. (laughs) This is gross. (laughs) Tian, who was the first person that you ever looked up to? Ooh, I have my two are the entire U. I mean, I've talked about them a lot, Mm. but the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team from 1999. That team of like Mia Hamm, Christine Lilly, Brandi Chastain. Mm -hmm. It was like the first very big World Cup that took the nation by storm. I loved them. I also wanted to be a professional soccer player. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. when I was, I was like right in that age of nine, 10, was I nine to 10? How old was I? Whatever. We're going to say nine, 10, um, where I wanted to play soccer so badly. And they were these like amazing women. And I loved the narrative around that World Cup because they had originally wanted to put them in smaller stadiums. But they were like, no, we can fill out these stadiums. We can fill out the Rose Bowl. We can fill out these huge, like, huge stadiums that are reserved for football and they did so I loved that they were like that everyone was excited about them and that they were good role models yes mm. uh, I was also in love with them too they were on the kids choice awards they were on the kids choice they were Mia Hamm was definitely on the kids choice awards a lot I remember that well, I, I love choice. that. Good, cho- good choice. Good <laughs> uh, The other one that I loved is uh, Molly Shannon. Yes. Yeah, Molly Shannon was like the comedian that made me want to maybe like perform mm-hmm. because of all those, uh, that whole group of women, Sherry O'Terry, Anna Gasteyer, they were like loud, messy freaks. And I loved that, that like they didn't mm. just weren't reserved to playing the wives of like a funny character or like the girlfriend. They were very distinct, wild characters on SNL that were like messy and gross. Mm-hmm, I really yeah. liked Whoopi Goldberg for Me that too. reason. Oh, yes. It was like <gasps> she's so unique. Like there was just no one else like her. The one movie that I rented over and over from Wegmans was Eddie. Do you know that movie? Oh, I, I used know. to rent Karina Karina a lot. Whoa! Yeah, which is Whoopi <laughs> Goldberg as a romantic lead. Yeah. Which I loved her in that. Has it's anyone great. seen Eddie? No. No. Oh, my gosh. She, Maybe I didn't idolize her so New much. York. I haven't seen either of the <laughs> okay. that you just said. Oh, I'm glad we just, like, showed your cards. Yeah. yeah. But wow. I'm, like, just say, I'm just saying, I'm like, I like, I like her. You should check out Eddie. It's about her as a New York Knicks fan who is in the nosebleed seats and she goes every year and they've been losing and then they have this like new wild GM that comes in and is like, I'm hiring her to be the coach. So what? she coaches the <laughs> New York Knicks and is so funny. I uh, miss movies back like then. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would never One get made. One woman against them all. Yeah. So check it out, Karen. Um, I remember really looking up to like Olympic athletes too, apart from Kirby mm-hmm. Puckett and the Minnesota, the entire Minnesota Twins team 
from 1991 um, <laughs> because I'm a little older than everybody in here. Uh, but I remember the 1996 U.S. women's gymnastics yes. team being like so badass and so tough and so cool. I had a huge Dominique Dawes poster that I got. I stole from an international gymnast magazine from the school library. <gasps> I won't put posters on a wall. Why? Oh, not even Dominique Dawes? Yeah, not. What did you do? Do you know how elegant how you, she was? How did you decorate your childhood bedroom? No posters, nothing on the walls. I had an uncle who was an architect, and he always said the most elegant thing you can have is a blank wall. Oh my god! Because of the possibility. And I was like, <gasps> yeah. Uh, usually, yeah. when I have a blank wall, yeah. it's because of the lazy. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> you can, you guys can, you can take it however you want. <laughs> Just putting a hill in the middle of the episode. This is a hill-ridden episode. Very Do controversial. Do you have stuff on your walls now? Not a ton, no. I, I have some stuff on the walls, but not much. Like what, like plants? Mold. Shelves. Mold. Mold. Yeah. <laughs> There's a spider. Yeah. <laughs> My plant. <laughs> yeah. Charlotte's, Charlotte is up there. Um, yeah, there's the crooked. I think crooked gave us some winter gift. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. And then, the crooked gave us the front page of the Washington Post on the day after the 2018 midterms. That's that, up there. Um, there's some maps up there. There's a mirror, you know, like a mm. nice mirror. So you're up there, technically. <laughs> it's like, well, the house is up there. Whoever, whoever. Mm. It's like an interchangeable. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> all right. Bringing it back to the subject of right, idols good. and not Kieran's mirror, yeah. which <laughs> may contain an idol if an idol enters Kieran's apartment. Yeah. Um, good point. Did, Mario was there once. What? 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 Stupid. You know that. Wait, who? The... The R&B rapper. I was truly picturing the Nintendo guy. Yes, yeah, I yeah. know. <laughs> I could see it in your eyes. And I was like, that's not a person. Luigi was there too? No. Oh. You're like, you were on mushrooms? <laughs> yeah. But what I does turned, Yoshi look like in I, real life? I tried to undo the pipe under my sink in Mario. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you guys ever... Um, idolize people in your life that weren't famous. Like, I remember looking up a lot to my teachers when I was little. Mm. Whatever teacher I had, I loved her, and I thought she was the prettiest yeah. person in the world. Did you guys have a person like that? I, I have two older sisters that are eight and nine years older than, seven and eight and nine years older than me, and um, I looked up to them so much. I thought they everything that they did was cool. Like, when they got Doc Martens, I wanted Doc Martens. When they wanted to, like, go out and listen to the Bare Naked Ladies, I wanted to listen <laughs> to the Bare Naked Ladies. I thought everything they did was the coolest. But you, to be fair, Tian, one of your older sisters... Oh, that's right, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my One of my older sisters is was on Ghost Rider, and I wanted to be on Ghost Rider as yeah. well. <laughs> What? Do you remember Ghost, Ghost Rider? Rider? It was a PBS kids show that ran for like a four seasons or something. And it was a bunch of kids from different backgrounds living in Fort Greene in Brooklyn, New York, who had a friend who was a ghost that only they could see and he could rearrange letters. It was like texting, but cell phones didn't exist. Yeah. Honestly, my sister was one of the first Asian American actresses of that age, that of that era yeah. that like was, was part of like say. a diverse cast. That was your sister was yeah. maybe my favorite one <gasps> on the show. It was really between, Tina Nguyen. <laughs> it was between her or Gabby. Those were my two favorites. Gabby was great. Gabby was great. Um, Karen, did you look up to anybody that you knew in real life? Yeah, I think my mom. I think I really looked up to my mom. I thought she was so pretty. I don't know if ever does everyone think their mom is so oh, pretty? Yeah. 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 Um, I think that my mom never really emphasized. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. Damn. Wow. No, 
Damn. We weren't, we weren't a pretty house. We weren't a house that like like told each other that we were pretty. It was always like, that's such a good idea. That's such a funny joke. Like you wrote such a good paper in school. So wow. like we didn't really have like looks based compliments in my house. No, we didn't either. I thought my mom was really smart. And I thought that she was I thought that she was smarter than everybody. That's that's what I thought of my mom. We didn't have looks based compliments yeah. in my house either. But I just remember being a kid and thinking she's so pretty, mm-hmm. like just thinking like, oh, she's so pretty. Her skin's so pretty. Her hair is so pretty. I just remember thinking that, yeah. you know, thinking mm-hmm. like, wow, she's so, you know, I, I remember my mom has like red hair. And I remember thinking she was like Ariel, the little mermaid, mm-hmm. because Ariel had red hair, too. So my mom, ergo, was like the sexy teenage mermaid. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She wore a lot of the puka shells around the house on her boobs. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, she are those had a puka shells? Clam no, shells. I think shells. puka shells are not big puka, enough. Puka shells are the ones that like are on rope and mm-hmm. surfer boys. Somebody boys, make yeah. that happen. That's a great idea. Yeah. If you see a man wearing a puka shell, that's a sign he will give you chlamydia. Run. Generally Run. speaking. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Generally speaking. But yeah, <laughs> you thought your mom was thought your mom was I thought my mom I, I think yeah, she was I thought she was very cool. That uncle, that architect. Um I had a I had like a cousin brother who I thought was like really self-determining, you know, kind of, um, you know, who like moved to London and like was doing all kinds of glamorous things. And when I was like a teenager, I went to Harvey Nicks and we drank rosé and I was like 19 and I was like, this is how you live. <laughs> it was like sex in the city, UK style, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, Jill, how about you? I had a an eighth grade teacher named Miss Long that I like... I I loved her so much. And I think that we had like a very weird uh, or like one of those like funny (laughs) teacher relationships where like looking back, I was like, oh, it was flirting. But like, you know, like it was I just thought she was so I think the more she um, resented me for being like loud in class, the more I was like, I love you. (laughs) Um, I don't know why. I like I'm not sure there was much merit to her teaching like I'm not sure why I looked (laughs) up to her but I just like really really liked her I've always thought about doing her name is Rebecca Long which is just like a very hard name to find on Facebook and I've never been able to find her was she like the young hot teacher she was yeah 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 yeah. and um we like you know when you go on like that first trip like in sixth or like eighth grade and you go to like Boston or like DC or something with like the whole class and you sleep over I remember like we had like the rooms next to each other and me and my best friend kept like knocking on her door and running away and like I got in trouble and so she like punished me and made me like sit next to her on the bus for the entire like five hour ride home and I was like this is not punishment (laughs) I love you interesting we've uh, there's been a few people describing the overlap of like you're like the young hot teacher Mm -hmm. I was like oh I just remember thinking my mom was so pretty and this idea of like that overlap with that with idolization yeah you know like not that it has to be that but like when you say because I guess when you say, like, who do you idolize, it's this idea of putting someone on a pedestal, mm-hmm. yeah. like, above where you are. And, like, the way that that even if it's through kind of like a lens of, like, a, a kind of, yeah. co- you know, like a colored lens, it's, like, how beauty can be associated with that, no right. matter what the person yeah. actually looks like. I, f- I feel like if you, you know, as a kid, like, if you remove, you know, any sort of, like, sexual want um, that, like adoration is like a very pure you know like I I think obviously a lot of like the people I like looked up to when I was a kid 
are women because I ended up like having that sexual want towards women. Mm -hmm. But I think like, yeah, in like when you're a kid, it's like in its purest form, just like admiring somebody is like, they're so pretty and cool. And I like want to be them. And then later it becomes something, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like even how you were talking about the, um, the sportsman. What, is, what was Kirby it? Kirby Puckett? Yeah, yeah. Like, I was, like, I was completely blind to male sports players. I couldn't, I mean, I liked Derek Jeter because my dad loved the Yankees, but, like, mm-hmm. I couldn't name anyone besides him. Yeah, I mean, that that's, like, that's an interesting thing when you're talking about idolization and looking up to people and deciding that through the lens of a kid that you're, everything about you is perfect. Because I think that that sets you up to... If you're around them past a certain point, that sets you up for a fall. Like if you truly idolize somebody, eventually they're going to just be like a human. Mm -hmm. They never agreed to be the idol. Like they never agreed to all of the things that you put on them. And eventually they're a human and you become... Uh, It's a really hard thing to deal with, especially if it happens when you're a child that you see your idol become a person. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that happening to you with any of your idols where you're like, oh, shit, you don't know what you're doing either. Nobody knows what they're doing, but you don't know what you're doing either. I feel like I I was a big fan of, and I didn't say these in the top ones, but like when Bend It Like Beckham came out, yes. that was like oh, yeah. Gurinder Chada and like Perminder, <laughs> Perminder Nagra. But, yeah. but because it's like, but that's really the first time I saw like an Indian American yeah. woman on, or a British Indian, a British Indian person as the lead in a movie. Like really like, on honestly, it's that representation matters yeah. thing. It's like almost like so mind blowing because you haven't seen it. Mira Nair was another one who like made these films that, you know, it's like the first time that you really see like contextually, like somebody who kind of quote unquote looks like you kind of in the lead, like kind of driving the narrative and the importance of that. And so those have always been filmmakers, I think mm-hmm. for me that I found really compelling and incredible. When I was in college, Mira Nair came. She won a medal, an arts medal. And she, um, a sophomore year, and I put on this like morning for her. Do you know what I mean? Like this, like just this, like a morning of like arts with like all the like, you know, South Asian students or whatever. I was like so excited to meet her. And maybe she was tired. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe she was jet lagged or maybe whatever. And she was like very gracious when she was like in there, but there was like, there was like a quality to her that was different than what I expected. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it it was like a, um, yeah. And it's like, but she's a, she's a person. Like Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, she's, she's a person who gets tired and wet and weathered and has weathered an incredibly challenging industry. Like, 30 years ago for you know what I mean like just and was like one of the only people who Mm -hmm. looks like herself in America making these kinds of films like even just how tough you would have to be and the cost of having to be that tough Mm -hmm. and and what and how do you navigate through the world so um yeah I remember I remember that being a a thing and talking to this theater dude that I like love this this director and he was like yeah there's a thing we had this conversation about i uh, you know idolatry and and yeah nobody can really be that person mm-hmm. you know yeah. yeah i mean i think i think that's a important point um i remember reading an article maybe like seven or eight years ago where 
um, somebody asked Tina Fey about being a woman in comedy. And she was like, I'm not answering that question anymore. She sounded like so cranky. And I remember reading it and being like, gosh, Tina, you're real cranky. But then thought, oh, my gosh, your entire career, you've been asked this over yeah, and over yeah. again. And people are putting it on you to be the woman in comedy, like coming to you, needing things from you beyond just needing you to do what you do. And I can imagine that that would get really, really exhausting. Yeah. And that would make anybody cranky. So I don't, I don't blame her at all. Um, Tian, has that ever happened to you? I mean, I, I see it. I didn't say this at the top either, either, but I really idolized my parents and like very, like very much looked up to them. And I think I'm now that I'm like getting to that age where like they had, I'm remember, like they had me at this time, like at this time in their life. And I'm noticing now the like, that they're just humans. Like that point where yeah. you like start to realize that your parents are like, complex humans that are having struggles and have their own set of problems and like are trying to navigate this world in the same way that you are. Mm -hmm. It's, it's like a, it's a very kind of eye-opening moment that you're like, okay, we're all just trying <laughs> to figure this out. And no one, even in their like sixties and seventies, have it all figured out without their like yeah. set of problems. When my mom was my age, I was a kid and I was 14 I'm like, I remember being 14 and fighting with my mom a lot. And then now I'm imagining myself dealing with a 14 year old and my yeah. brain rejects it. Yeah. I'm like, fuck you, you <laughs> fucking. And I'm just imagining this like snotty little like too big for her britches. Think she knows more than she does. And it's just like, good God. I'm, yeah. It's a miracle that I did not get murdered. <laughs> to be honest. I mean, my mom was young when I was born. But I mean, I think that that is an important point of empathy where you have built up your idol and into this thing that they didn't agree that they were. And then it comes crashing down and you get mad at them. Yeah. And then you come back around and you start to see that you're actually kind of like them and you can be that for somebody else. Did you ever go through something like that, Jill? Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree with like the parent stuff. I mean, I think, you know, at a certain point you realize that they are not these perfect people that mm -hmm. you made them out to be. And I think I was really resentful at first of I was like, well, you're supposed to know everything. And um, I think like only recently I, I have kind of like come to this place um, with them and also just with other people that I idolize in the past of like that it's kind of a gift to not um, think of somebody like that. Like yeah. it takes the pressure off of them being so perfect. Like this is another I think all of my examples are like objectively like not super well people right now but Britney was like my another like idol um growing up and I think when like that all started coming like tumbling down um you know like there was obviously a terrible like insidious like media narrative about her that I I was you know in high school and like participating it for if in it for sure um and now that I like can see Britney with like after some clarity I'm like there's so much more that I actually appreciate about her that I've like almost come to like re idolize because I'm like, um, this is a person who like has dealt with severe mental health issues and like very unfairly in like, you know, the media and everything. Um, and she's survived. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah. And I feel that way about, uh, my parents too, that just that, you know, um, I'm happy that I see them in like their flaws and everything now mm -hmm. because it makes them, it makes me like love them more or on a different level of, you know, just like, you know, we are the same. We are humans now. Mm -hmm. Relatability in the idol can also be interesting because I had mentioned like the bend it like 
Beckham, that director, Gruber yeah. Chad, she has a new film out called Blinded by the Light that's out now. And mm-hmm. like, it's great and worth going to see if you're interested in going to see another one of this woman's movies. But I went to a screening last Monday and she was at the screening and she did a talk um, like she did a Q&A and she answered questions. And she was like so relatable yeah. in the way that she, you know what I mean? Like she... It, it like her personality. She was she was funny and like still kind of like had her joy, but like clearly had also encountered quite a few obstacles that she like hinted at, but like did in such a gracious and kind of flippant way mm-hmm. that it was like made you feel very included. Yeah, and then it was like okay, cool, cool, cool. Like that that I thought that was really nice to see that it's like okay, cool. Like she, I thought she just did a really elegant job of like uh, of making making herself feel like a peer if that makes sense mm-hmm. i think she was able to relate to people in that room not necessarily like an idol but as a as a you know person to person and a lot of people that people really do idolize like oprah or whatever is like very good at at like kind of just coming off as a human yeah. right so but, i think that's almost super sorry to interrupt no, you. No. i think that's almost like a, like a superhuman ability though because you take yeah. a look at amanda Bynes, britney spears and all of the people who we build up and build up and build up like fatted calves and then kill them and feast on their flesh you know yeah it's it seems like it is really mentally taxing to be a hero to that many people and not very many people have the capacity to handle it and you don't know until you're in that position. They're not, I wouldn't, but would you say like Brittany and Amanda, are they like tremendously relatable? Because when I think about them, I think of them as young women who are tremendously curated by a system. That, Amanda seemed pretty relatable. Okay. And I don't know her yeah. work, which is why I was entirely <laughs> silent during your, and I was like, literally like, Kieran, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything. It's okay <laughs> to not know about Amanda Bynes. Yeah. It's, it's okay. Um, but I think the system of fame and idolization does it, it's mentally tough I think for yeah. people and um I just think everybody here is in a position and a job that is publicly facing and so what we do is something that people in its best state people will read it or watch it or listen and they will relate to it and it'll mean something to them including this podcast mm-hmm. so we were emailing about this before um people come up to every single person at this table and have told you in one way or another that they admire you that's not true i did not have any of those experiences I, <laughs> when you were when, and i thought that was hilarious when you guys were all like we're broken oh my god we don't know how to handle it i was like i would be fine with it i would be the cape blanchett of comedy about it i'd be like thank you so much let me record this i'm just hold on let me just take my telephone out. say it again say it again it's, this is going to this is going to be my ringtone now. Compare me to Julia Louis-Dreyfus <laughs> yeah. in a Please, comment. kindly, kindly, kindly repeat yourself. <laughs> Thank you so much. You. And I just like open my arms give them a big hug and just stroke their hair and then be like, I must be going now. So Kieran would be a great Oprah. Okay. Yes. Um, but the rest of us we talked about how um, having people compliment us or tell us that they look up to us is tough. Jill, how do you handle it? How do you feel when somebody comes up to you and is like, I look up to you? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I think that um, I think it's like morphed over time. I think, you know, the first few times that anyone ever said something like that to me, um, obviously, I was like, it it meant everything. Um, And I think like I'm at a point right now, I don't know, 
why this is what we were joking about in our email chain that I like feel broken about this, that a lot of the things that people say to me, they'll like, you know, DM me or or tweet at me and say something so, so meaningful and personal, like about how, I, you know, reading something I've done, like help them come out to their mom or like something like that, like something that's just so like I like unimaginable pain, you know, and I'm like, I don't know how to um, respond to this in like a DM, you know, mm -hmm. that makes like sense. <laughs> um, because if we were like talking in person, I probably would like just my human, you know, reaction would be to like get like teary eyed and be like, oh, my God, thank you so much. But like, the, you know, it like being online, like strips that humanization like away. And I find myself getting. Um, like, I don't know how to respond. And sometimes I um, don't anymore, which is um, awful. But I, I feel like I'm not sure how to like give a part of myself to so many people. And um, which I think like sounds like a horrible, something a horrible person would say. Um, but I think that like I have in the past, like engaged very heavily with that and like uh, opened my DMs and been like, I want to, you know, talk to people about coming out and like hear your experiences and whatever. Um, and it's led to some like uh, boundless uh, relationships with strangers, you know, mm -hmm. uh, via like DMs and everything. And it's just like this, this, this weird. Um, this is a rant now. Uh, <laughs> it's just like a, having weird. I them, all I want to be like is send them my way. <laughs> right. I don't I'm know. I just I, it's it's like it's I think the coming out thing is weird. Yeah. Because it's it is like, yeah, you know, a, having gone yeah. through it, it is so hard and so personal and so um, painful. And so like I feel I feel I think sometimes when I don't respond, it's because I almost feel rude just being like, thank you. And like summing that up in just like a very small thank you. That means so much. And like that to me feels so impersonal that I just like shut down. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, that that is a really heavy thing for somebody to to tell you. But also, I think the Internet has made it so we're in an unprecedented time of access yeah. to people who meant something right. to you. And I'm sure that there are things that you've seen or read or heard that influenced you that when they were influencing you, you didn't have the ability to reach out to the person who did it. Right. Mm -hmm. And now people, yeah. people do. So maybe you were sending those thoughts out into the universe and now those thoughts can just like go into a, a DM. Right. Anchoring it in some in such a in, in that kind of experience and having somebody be like, oh, this meant so much to me feels like it would be heavier and more emotional than people being like, hey, I liked when you did that Pizza Hut song <laughs> on Love It or Leave right. It. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like there's a difference. Or I would say like Hannah Gadsby off of Nanette with the mm -hmm. special or anyone who's come forward with Me Too, where it's yeah. like, you know, people like because then that's like a part of like reliving something that's like so deeply personal to you. That's yeah. been like, you know what I mean? Like, right. And then. Yeah. So I feel like that relationship might be a little bit different. Yeah. Than... Well, and, and it's also weird because of like you were saying, like the accessibility thing of the Internet. Like, I think the part of me that feels broken there is like I have very low self-worth. And so I feel very like undeserving of a lot of that praise where I'm like me, like there's so many m much more like th thoughtful, smarter, um, you know, queer writers out there. And so for like somebody to say that to me, I think that I just shut down because I'm like, no, not me. Like, yeah, but compliments and admiration. It's not like it's not like tickets at the state fair where once you're out of tickets, you don't get to go on any more rides. Mm -hmm. Like if a lot of people meant something to you, it, they're not like depleting any finite resource by telling you that you meant something to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. But you could also like you could also like uh, pay that forward. Yeah. And like in the you know, like. 
Uh, it's so, you know, that's really meaningful that that meant so much to you. Here's some here's some writers that have meant a lot to me that you might enjoy or might be able to check out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think I just I don't know. I just feel terrible after saying all of that. But I think I just um, it's a more of a personal issue. Yeah. With myself that I'm like, I don't feel deserving of such adoration. And so to be able to like receive it and then to even reply to it makes me feel like I know that I'm deserving of it, you know, to be like, thank you. Yes, you're right. I am great. Um, <laughs> whereas I'm like, you know, I'm not um, Amanda Bynes, you know, like I'm not, I think like if I was a kid and I had that kind of access to Amanda Bynes, like I would be like, that would be insane. Um, but I'm also, I just feel like I'm like some fucking guy on the internet, you know, like I'm like, I don't know. Um, and maybe, yeah. but every, I, I don't know. I would say you could flip that. But you could flip that mentally, too, because it's like then anyone can be that. Yeah. It's like everything means something and everything to also someone. means nothing. Yeah. It's like it's all the same. Yeah. It's like if you're just if you're just you, I'm just some guy on the Internet. It's like, well, that's all anyone is. Yeah. yeah I mean, and I think that beyond just um, beyond not just but beyond being a writer or whatever, I think that's an important takeaway for anybody is that like any person can make immeasurable difference in the people around them. Yeah. Like, especially if you're in a position where you are speaking to people younger than you, or if you're in a position where you're providing some kind of care for people, like just imagining the kind of spider web of you in the center and all of the people that maybe what you did helped. And then those people have energy and thoughts and they're able to help people more than, you know, it's kind of a cool thing to think about, like that maybe yeah. you just kind of started a ripple and those ripples join with other ripples and make actual real change. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes when I get self-conscious about things like that, I remember that when I approach someone who I idolize or reach out to someone who I like find very inspirational or respect that I, I, I personally don't expect a risk you know like right. I, I just yeah, have yeah. to remember that like that. maybe they are also doing that too like just to like even send out that good energy and oh my, good energy right <laughs> you California I'm monster sorry I just walk in with like or like stop stop sorry. stop waving your stop, hands stop over waving. I'm waving the hands over there's the three a, things there's, there's, a, there's a, a yoga travel mat. yoga mat on the middle of this table and Tian is gesticulating it's, at it it's, it's I don't like it putting so much at me and I'm speaking <laughs> like the mat now um, would you like me to remove it from no, your no. From your from your eyeline, <laughs> but just to remember that when I like, if I'm in that position and I'm reaching out to someone that yeah, I'm just trying to just say a nice compliment yeah. and that I don't necessarily expect anything back. So when I like get in right. my head about having someone say something very kind and generous, I'm like, they did that because that's that is the end of like the end result of what they wanted. Yeah, yeah, you that's know? good. It's like sometimes when you're like, you're handsome. Yeah, you know, mm. it's like no, I don't want to sleep with you. Just. Take yeah, that, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> usually you say you're handsome at people you want to sleep with. Though. No, not necessarily. I watch people do it. Do you to yell people. it from a car? Are you driving down the street, cat calling men, <laughs> going, "You're handsome"? I will after I leave the studio today. Can I come with? Yeah, sure. Okay, great. You're gonna skip yoga? Are you gonna skip yoga, <laughs> gonna, Ryan? To no, do that? I'm, I'm just gonna do it later this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, I was like, because that's when it's happening. It's happening right after this. <laughs> when we talk about being uh, looked up to and also being a person that looks up to other people. Um, one of the things that I always feel when somebody tells me that, you know, something I did meant something was like my first response is just this like, it's like brainstem. It's brainstem embarrassment. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, shut up. You are like, <laughs> just throw it back at them. Right. Yeah. But in the, I guess, because I've been kind of in a public facing 
job for years now, I've sort of started to allocate my energy differently where it's not just about all of my energy doesn't just go into the actual thing, like writing something at Jezebel or the Daily Beast or, you know, I have to allocate some of my energy to um, understanding my place in the world and in people's lives and trying to Hmm. be and processing people talking to me about the work that I've done, which is like, because otherwise you just get exhausted. You're just it's it's exhausting. And now yeah. I'm at a point where like I, I go through our inbox for hysteria and I will respond to, you know, when I have a few minutes, I'll respond to some like listeners that write in and I genuinely like it and I genuinely don't find it to be draining. But it's only because I've been like, oh, this is part of what you do. Yeah. Part of what you do is people will come and talk to you and you will talk to them and you'll have a nice exchange and they'll go out into the world and feel better and everybody will be right. happy and we'll hold hands and <laughs> sing songs and hug and <laughs> share blankets and it'll be great. Yeah. I feel like that's actually important perspective because I've only really been, um, you know, like experiencing that kind of like thing for the last like year, maybe two years. And so I'm still in this thing of like, what? stop. No, I'm no, guys, you're being done. I'm stop. still Please. waiting. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just want to reiterate. I mean, I know all of this feels like very self-important. I'm like I kind mean, of sweating over here. I would say, <laughs> I would sweat. You're an don't. overlord, Jill. Yeah. <laughs> I know this isn't, I know you're a self-loathing overlord. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna, we got to pick up. a lane. We got to pick a lane, baby. <laughs> Kieran, uh, I'll come up with some burner accounts and just send some. Thank you so much. Again. <laughs> That's yeah. All right. But now Ke- we're thinking. But Kieran, you're about to. Yeah. You're, you're right now. You're in the middle of of putting being on film for a show that a lot of people are going to see, and you're going to mean a lot to a lot of people. That doesn't. It's, that doesn't feel. I don't know. Like what I do think is, what I do think is cool is is how contained how contained the action of like I really like watching The Voice. Right. Like I'll watch like the voice YouTube clips because (laughs) classy bitch. Uh, (laughs) But I like it. I was thinking about like, why do I really like this? And one of the reasons is I love the idea that somebody can be deeply anonymous. Like I've never seen them before. I've never heard them before. And they have a transcendent skill Mm -hmm. that is really part of their gift. Um, And I've never heard their name. I think that's like I think that's a really important and prescient reminder that like like there's a lot of people on earth and like and everyone has something that's like really you know a connection to like their higher power whatever you know however it is that is an expression of their creativity that is um a real gift and you might not know that person's name or whatever but like that's accessible Mm -hmm. and so your job uh, to me isn't actually to your job is to like access that when you're working. And I find that very separate from the results of your work. Mm-hmm. But part of the results are that people are going to see what you've done, yeah. see that you've accessed the skill that you had to to act on this show that's about to come out. All right, let's relax, right? It's going to be great. <laughs> I am so excited. I know you're very, down. Yeah, I'm no, very I'm, excited. I, it's going to be grand. It's going to be I'm great. Gonna, I'm going to carry around a little fucking knapsack and be like give me some rice are you gonna i'm imagining you with like a for for whatever reason this vision appeared in my head fully formed you're carrying one of those like plastic dime store baskets full of little thank you bags like a tiny little party (laughs) oh i like this and your hand whenever people come up and they're like you're on that show what sunny side yeah you're on sunny side i love you you can just give them a little thank you bag i just like thank Mm -hmm. you so much yeah (laughs) there's like a a couple chiclets in there some stickers 
And uh, oh, I, like I like love a little, a, a little eraser and a plastic spider ring. Yeah. Is it just it's uh, these are I just think we should work on workshop what's in the bag because those <laughs> feel very trinkety to me. OK. You know, maybe there's something more meaningful, like useful, mm-hmm. like yeah. one mood ring, like a stress, yeah. ro- mm. an anti-stress roller. Yes, exactly. So that you can be balls okay. deep in relaxation. That's exactly <laughs> one. That's right. Like one, like just one useful thing yes. and like a little and a little fortune cookie style. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like one of those fortune cookie. I think yes. that's great. Yeah. I think that's I think that's great too. And this is the last mm-hmm. thing. I, when you were talking, I I was thinking of this. Like Maya Angelou has this quote that mm-hmm. she says that I is a really beautiful quote. She goes, you know, think about the worst thing that somebody's ever done in the world, like murder, or whatever. And he was, like, and you're like, you're capable of that because you're human. But if you believe that, then the opposite is true. You know, and whatever mm-hmm. anyone's ever accomplished, like like the full spectrum of humanity is available to you. And I'm paraphrasing. Terribly. Uh, so, uh, so anyone can people murder? could murder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We could all Wait a minute. murder. We could all murder. Today. Should we do yeah. a murder? Yeah. We could. I think that Maybe a lot of people would idolize YouTube. us. Maybe you we could YouTube clip. There's a YouTube clip and it's better than what I said. This is a yeah. second the second executive Maya Angelou yeah. reference on Hysteria. We had a reference last week too. So thank you for that. We're going to just kind of keep the streak going. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, on that I like note, that. I think we have to take a break. I think we solved it. We solved it. <laughs> I think we solved it, guys. Let's take a break. When we come back, the hills will die on. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work. Tasks are taking forever to complete. And getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers. 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One. Because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com podcast 25. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Beyonce, Katanji Brown-Jackson, the lady who spent 500 days in a cave. Women are all around us. And this Women's History Month, The Crooked Store is celebrating with a pop-up shop featuring favorites from women of color-founded companies. For a limited time, the SheCommerce pop-up shop has everything from delicious goodies to kids' books to candles, all from small companies that we love. It is a great way to support women of color while treating a woman in your own life. Maybe that's yourself to a sweet distraction from the endless horrors that we face every single day. Happy Women's History Month to all. Check out what's in stock at crooked.com slash store for this month only. Okay, we're back. We've gotten to the part of the show where we take adamant stances on things that don't really matter. 
It's the hills we'll die on. Let's get started with our listener hill. The hill that I'm going to die on is um, that loofahs are fucking disgusting. If you're taking a shower with a loofah and then not washing and drying it afterwards, it's just sitting in your shower collecting mold. And then the next time you go into the shower, you wash your ass with that moldy loofah. I don't care if anyone agrees with me. I agree with me, and that's all that matters. That is the spirit of the hills. Wow. I agree with me. And that's yeah, that's all really that, that all. matters. I love that. What a campaign slogan. Somebody run for office on that. <laughs> I agree <laughs> with me. <laughs> I don't care if you agree with me. I agree with me. I agree with, with me. me. And, and that's, that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I like that. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I agree with me. And then the people that would be supporting that person is like, we agree with. I agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> we agree with uh, okay. You agree with you, but we agree we with I agree with, with me. <laughs> this is I feel like we not, don't like you, but we like your slogan. Yeah. I feel like language is folding in on itself. <laughs> yeah, right yeah. Now. It's about to form Crumbling. a singularity. <laughs> I disagree with I love loop sorry, but I love loofahs. You love loofahs? Yeah. We're, t- we're talking about the like the yeah. the flower yeah, the like those yeah. I I, I I have one, I guess. Yeah, I, have I don't one. love it. I don't feel anything strongly toward it. It's just kind of there. This is pretty timely for me, actually, because my um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'm actually so glad I have this um, vessel to talk about this. My girlfriend recently wrote to me because I don't use a loofah, um, and so I bought one because for her and for me because I was self-conscious about it and now like literally in the last two weeks I've been using a loofah and I feel very it feels very alien on my skin (gasps) but um hearing her uh that listeners say that uh people use their butts the loofah for their butts that's disgusting (laughs) that's disgusting I I have been not using loofah on my butt I can't imagine like putting something between my cheeks and then leaving it to rot in my shower that's disgusting (laughs) it's like reusable toilet paper basically it's like like yeah, that feels like a paper. for her to I'm bring like, that up feels like a per, like a personal trauma that is being <laughs> yeah. brought up. Like I feel like she maybe witnessed that. She yeah. was, I feel like she was forced she, as a young child to, to like, watch <laughs> person after person come yeah. into the shower. She got yeah. she, she got, got she, she, It was just because yeah yeah we, that yeah. All, that all, that stopped all of us. It, it was like a, a very vivid visual for me where getting into the shower and be like oh my god what's on that oh my god what is that like let's discuss it yeah. <laughs> I think you do have to wash anything that you wash yourself. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I have been washing it. I've been very delicate with my loofah. You know, the, the, just the idea, you do generally have to wash the things that you wash yourself with. Yes. You wash your towels, yeah, you wash the, yeah. your, be, yeah. you know, your bed the sheets. It doesn't just like evaporate That's off right. of it. That's yeah. right. It's not like a pile of laundry where if there's something at the bottom, if it's been there for long enough, it's clean. You can just take it out and wear it again. Yeah. Right? I bet loofah would be one of those things that if you like <laughs> yeah. put it on like a... I don't know, run it through some science that I can't be specific about right now. Ah, yes. Run it through some science. (laughs) That it would show up some, like, like, it would be nasty. Disgusting. Oh, yeah. Check out science. Yeah. (laughs) I've been been hearing great things about this science. Science Science.org. Everybody, you heard it here. Um, Okay, I'll go next with a hill I'll die on because it's dumb because I have to do one of these every week and I'm I'm running out of opinions. I'm running out of opinions. Um, If you are an able-bodied person and you live or work in a building that has an elevator and stairs and you are trying to get to the second floor, 
don't take the elevator. (laughs) You are wasting energy. You're wasting everybody's time. You're depriving yourself uh, and your muscles of some useful, healthy movement. And it's just, it's a selfish move. If you're able-bodied and you work in a building where stairs are an option, take the fucking stairs. You lazy piece of shit. You lazy piece of shit. Yeah, I agree. uh, That's the hill I'll die on. But also don't judge people if they're getting on the floor. (laughs) I mean, that's that's another thing. Are you dying or not? I just, I think that like, you know, this is a thing that you need to reckon with yourself in your own heart. Um, But I try not to judge people who are getting on the elevator at the second floor unless I've seen them take the stairs before. Then it's just like, okay, I know you can take this. <laughs> I really feel like the way you should have ended that hill was, I don't care if you don't agree with me. I, <laughs> I agree, agree with me. I agree with me. <laughs> and that's all that matters. And that's all that matters. <laughs> okay, Karen, do you want to go next? What a beautiful sentence that was. It's just gorgeous. It was so good. Um, <laughs> stools. <laughs> Anti-stool. Okay. An anti-stool. What are you looking at me like I'm a crazy person Because I need you to be specific. Yeah, like go on. (laughs) So there's a couple of scenarios. Like if I'm in a bar, Mm -hmm. I don't want to sit on the stool. That's ridiculous. Like I'm an adult woman. Grow up. Exactly. And it's like, and the neck and turning my neck, very uncomfortable for my neck. It's like physically, it's physically uncomfortable for my neck. And then you're like, give me a pussy. And I'm like, no, you don't be a pussy. I don't need to be here with you. I've never said that to you. No, I know. (laughs) I know. I'm sorry. I got very personal, Stan. I just feel so connected to you because you were looking at all my stuff and then and then because it's like and even like at the tcas it's like i looked in all the photos of are like my face in like weird positions which is very funny to me like i posted it on the internet but i was like you know why it's because of that fucking stool we had to sit on for a fucking hour we like so they give you like the ah, low back chair oh. or it's like really only like up to your tramp stamp area is even given a back oh that's Do you know what worse. i mean and then you yeah, have to like you have to sit there looking yeah. like a fucking human erection and like yeah. smile it's not happening guys it's yeah. not happening i hate feel about, stools how do you feel about step stools yeah well a step stool is a, it's a temporary stool that you're using to get to a place and then you return <laughs> down it's not like it's not like a place where you're parking your yeah, body yeah. to sit for a long period of time like why are we only building why are we only build like why are you only building that part of the apparatus to sit in yeah. it's like it, like fucking make half the number of of uh seating furniture <laughs> and <then laughs> use the other half like and then use the other stool as the back for the fucking okay you, you wow. get what i'm saying yeah yeah I, yeah, yeah, yeah I get what you're saying my biggest gripe with stools is the little bar where you're supposed to rest your feet i like wear heels yeah. and if you're wearing heels you can't they tilt yeah they and they like slide and you do the weird like like where you're leaning stools forward. are not feminist no no St- stools are not no feminist. Stools, stools are, are stools are part of the patriarchy yeah. that is meant to keep you down. Okay, fuck I can stools. Yeah, yeah, fuck stools. Yeah, fuck stools. Yeah. Okay, thank you. All right, Dan, do you want to go next? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the hill that I will die on is that if you use the express lane at the grocery store and you have more items than listed in the express lane, fuck please you. kindly get the fuck <laughs> out of the lane. It makes me so mad because it's one of those things where like. When people do it, they know no one's going to say it. It's like a a point of honor that you're like going in there with 20 items when you're in a 14 item line. That's what Trader Joe's is. What's the number? What's the number? So if it's like like 15 items for an express lane, okay? If you're rocking in there with like 16, 17, fine. If you're going in 20, 25, you 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 have to leave. That is for a line for people who are like 
on the go grabbing salads and maybe a few things for the week and then you're through. But it's really rude because I know it's like one of those things where they do it because no one will say. You can say something. No, because it's like, I what know. am I going to do? Stand there and count their things, which I have. You could do that. Did not Did you see that video on Twitter last week of the woman who stood in the bus lane and wouldn't let any of the cars pass through the bus lane? <laughs> and people were cheering for her. <laughs> it was like the pettiest thing I've ever seen. It was, was it so in San bold. Francisco? I forget where it was, but there was like all these cars were like honking at her and she just stood there and she was like, Mm-mm, not taking this today. I'm not doing this. She wasn't even like drive. Like she had no reason to be angry. Oh, by my it. God. So you I will be, yeah. be that woman. Yeah. Standing in the express lane being like, show me your items. Standing boldly in your power. <laughs> that or, is- or you could do it in a you could do it in a like a, you know. Got to go back to kindergarten. We're going out of account. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, we're going, we're going pretty liberal with the numbers. Huh? No, knowing huh? me though, in conflict, I'll be like, was something about kindergarten? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you counting or what? <laughs> I think that's uh, numbers think, are a concept too. I think <laughs> that comic book fans would refer to that behavior, the bus, the bus blocking behavior, and the the line counting behavior as chaotic good. Yeah, oh. I think that's I think that's chaotic. Okay, good. it's like if somebody is trying to go through the line and they're breaking they're breaking the rules and you like instill chaos in order to <gasps> in, in order to get good to happen. Right. Okay, I'll be I'll try to channel more chaotic. Yeah, and if you get punched in the face, yeah, yeah, I take, <laughs> I take no responsibility because <laughs> that if could you, I'll come in with a black eye. I stopped someone from checking out at Trader Joe's. If you get punched in the face, you 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 like you you video conference me immediately. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think we've got it all figured out. Uh, Jill, do you want to bring us home? Yes, I got you. Um, I know this one might be um, pretty controversial, uh, but my hill to die on is um, bringing music and speakers to the beach. Um, I That makes me want to die. And I know that like I am like in my soul, like an old person, like a curmudgeon. Um, and I also think I have a very narrow experience of the beach because I grew up like Jersey Shore. Um, like I'm from New Jersey. And so my, like the Jersey Shore, I don't know. There was always like kind of like light music happening somewhere for the boardwalk or like somebody speakers or whatever. But I feel like in L.A., every time I go to the beach, there is either like a large family who has brought a tent and like an all day setup who has like a boom box and it's like now you're listening to my music bitch mm-hmm. or it's like and that's not like I went there to read by myself like that's not okay or it's like you know a group of like like three or four girls who like brought their like beats pill and like I mean like I can be on board if it's like very agreeable like top 40 music where I'm like oh yeah I kind of know the song like too late now to say sorry <laughs> but like if it's like I don't know like like EDM Wait, or that's sorry Justin by Bieber. Justin Bieber oh sorry, sorry. sorry. yeah <laughs> apologize I'm sorry I'm sorry I'll have some respect I'm sorry um but yeah, that drives me insane. I'm like, for me, the beach is like, I, and I am an old person, but like, I, it is sacred. Like, I want to go there to relax and to mm-hmm. hear the sounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, Naomi Ekparrigan, another uh, another co-host of Hysteria, has completely agrees with you. She's oh, okay. like, don't, I don't, I don't want to hear your music when I'm in public. Right. It's just, I think it's very rude. And I also was thinking, as you were saying that, so we went to the beach this past weekend and we have a dog mm-hmm. and there's plenty of beaches where a dog is just not allowed, which fine. Yeah. You can have a beach where there's no dogs allowed. I think a quiet beach, like yes. a quiet car would also be something nice. Oh. I would love that. No musical, like, expressions. Yeah. You don't have to be, like, silent. Yeah. But just no music. Yeah. I yeah. have a, I went to the beach with my roommate once, and it was, like, she did the bus lady thing. It was, like, the boldest thing I've ever seen somebody do. <laughs> so we were both, like, annoyed by the music. And she, she was, like, you know what? 
we deserve silence and like oh when and like asked them to turn it off and it was chilling like I was like paralyzed by it yeah. but they turned it off and then I was like oh now we get to actually oh god it worked <laughs> oh but it was like it felt very I don't know I, I also come from like a long line of like white people who are angry about small things <laughs> <laughs> and so like like people at restaurants and like sending food back like my whole family does that it's like mortifying <laughs> so I think that like there is a even though I'm self-aware there is a part of me that still like gets like unreasonably angry about things like this about public spaces I think it's a courtesy thing I think courtesy brings all this together like I think that um people playing loud music in public is not very polite it's not illegal but it's not very polite and I would never call the police on somebody (laughs) who is doing anything but I don't think that it's I don't think it's a bad thing to take your shot and see if they'll turn it off yeah and if they're like no then it's just like okay well I'm just gonna be annoyed but whatever it's it's a little arrogant to assume that everyone wants to listen to what you're listening I've had I agree with you because I had this hill as well. Yeah. You know, a version of any public music. Right. It's just like it's arrogant to believe that like whatever someone is listening yeah. to is a thing that everyone else also wants to listen totally. to. Like, it, do you yeah. can you see past your own face? Right. And it just says something about that person that it's just like because they're just choosing not to care. It's not like, oh, they're not like, oh, I, I bet everyone wants to listen to my music. It's just like, I don't care. Like, this is my space now. And that like that like mm-hmm. domineering personality is like so off putting to me as a person who is like constantly crumbling in public. <laughs> <laughs> a lot did come into focus when you're like, I grew up on Jersey Shore. And then I was yeah, like, imagining the yeah. Focus of Amanda yeah. Bynes and yes. Britney Spears and yeah. your idols all coming. Oh, I'm it trash. Was all, yeah. It was all coming together. I'm trash. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm just seeing that like Jersey. I can ima- I can just hear the EDM coming off yes. of like someone's yeah. like situation style. Right. <laughs> yeah. Bo- yeah. Like boombox music. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, that's totally boombox music. Boombox music. Am I 60 years yeah. old? <laughs> We've all aged so much. We're going to go out there. It's the year 2170. <laughs> the crooked offices are now, uh, I don't know, it's a soylent factory. <laughs> We've been like, oh my God. We have to, and then the rest of the movie is us trying to find our way back. Yeah. Okay. Just four women trying to find their way back. Okay. (laughs) That's all the time we have. Kieran and Tian, thank you for stopping by. Jill Gutowitz, thank you so much for coming by for the first time. Yay. Thank you for having me. And thank you to Alyssa Mastermonico for calling in and there will be more hysteria next week. Hysteria is a product of Crooked Media. Caroline Rustin is our producer. Our editor is Sarah Barrett, and Kyle Seglin is our sound engineer. Thanks to our digital team, Nadina Malconian and Elijah Cohn, for production support each week. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. 
Your teams are buried in manual work, tasks are taking forever to complete, and getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, then you should know these three numbers, 37,000. That's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. Get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. With NetSuite, it's everything you need to grow, all in one place. Get your business back to the greatness where it belongs. Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast 25.